Hey, and welcome to the Thoughtcast. I'm Philip Elke, your host, and this is episode seven of the Thoughtcast Conversations about animation. I'm joined by my brother Dawson. Hey, Dawson. Howdy there. Good to hey, be yeah. here. Yeah, great to have you. And also joined by once again Jody Pulaski. Hey there, Jody. Hi. Thanks for having me again. I'm so excited. This is super exciting. We just had you on on our last episode, our Disney Princess Extravaganza, which was super fun. You had enough fun to come join us again. That's yeah. That's, that's you're you're much. welcome on the show anytime, Jody. This is awesome. Um, so last last week, of course, was tied into the movie that we're talking about today, which is uh, the new film from Walt Disney Animation Studios. Ralph Breaks the Internet, sequel to Wreck-It Ralph. You can go listen to our episode on that that we recorded previously. And um, yeah, we're just going to sit here and review Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's um, not going to take as long for us to do this as it did discussing all uh, 14 plus Disney princesses last week. So um, we'll ho hopefully keep this conversation you know, flowing. But um, Dawson, I first have to say about this new movie, um, I, it was really incredibly mesmerizing to the to the eye, to the mind. Um, lots going on. Yeah. It was yeah. it it was so dense. Every frame had so much going on. <laughs> Stop wasting my time. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the. Uh, Oh, oh gosh, Rick no, McCollum. Yeah, Rick Rick McCallum. <laughs> Why is there so many Ricks? Um, it was so dense. Every frame did have so much going on, and in not an annoying way. Remarkably, I was expecting to be very annoyed by the world of the internet. Kind of uh, like it could have easily been an emoji movie type thing, or any movie where there's this expansive digital nexus um, that can that can quickly get out of out of hand. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, Jody, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I was really excited to see this because I knew going in there'd be so many like winks and nods that companies and brands and logos. And I was just saying that I, I, I need to see it again because I don't think I soaked in even half of what they packed into I keep calling it Wreck It Ralph too, but Ralph breaks the mm -hmm. internet. Mm -hmm. um, it has a lot going on in every single scene, and I agree with Austin. I love pretty much all of it. I want to. I want to know if this happened to you because this definitely happened to me. While the camera was panning in the internet, uh, it physically looked blurry, Very, like things just blurred, and I could not like see until it, um, like the camera stabilized again. Like, did that happen to you, or? I mean, that's you know the nature of. Uh, limitation of 24 frames per second um, so yeah I definitely noticed it in this film more than I ever have before just because of the sheer amount of individuals details assets you know, what have you that were on the screen like just blur and then yeah um, I mean it could have been intentional um, just in order to you know lower lessen the load on the uh, processing requirements for each I figured it was just my vision trying to keep up with everything um yeah maybe so yeah um you know this this film has drawn some comparisons to the emoji movie was that last year that came out uh, oh yeah yeah last year um I mean a similar subject matter but I never saw the emoji movie I heard you know just nothing but the most terrible things who would go see the emoji movie <laughs> what 
who would go see the emoji yeah. movie? Who, I started who, a video who that, that was, one. Who did the emoji movie? It wasn't Disney. Sony Animation. Oh, oh no. No. Okay. I didn't it. see it. I watched a video called like the emoji movie, but uh, every time something dumb happens, it speeds up. And like there's there's one line of the movie and then it speeds up and keeps <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, ten seconds is over. Yeah. That's it was it was kind of a nightmare. Um but yeah, that, that you but instead okay, of you, you didn't see it, but yeah, it deals with uh, online landscape and animated form. Uh of course, yeah, Ralph breaks the internet. It's just it comes from the studio that has the longest legacy of producing quality animated films. Um, it is the third direct sequel from uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios film. Uh, the other, the previous two, uh, of course, Rescuers Down Under and Fantasia 2000. I don't know if you knew that. Um, the, third, the third direct sequel? Yeah, third sequel uh, like, from Disney Animation Studios. Well, that like theater sequel? Because there's millions of sequels. Well, but... you have to keep in mind, Walt Disney Animation Studios is is the core animation studio at Walt Disney Pictures, whose uh, films trace back to um, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs yeah. and the original shorts. There are other films made by uh, satellite studios at the company, um, oh. including some of the sequels to the original classic films that um, so, some of which did see theatrical release, but they aren't part of the official Walt so Disney. that's what yeah. you're saying. Okay, I didn't, I didn't, I, that makes sense, but I didn't know yeah. that exactly. What are, what were some of the satellite studio sequels that made it to theaters? Um, Peter Pan 2, Jungle Book 2. Peter Pan 2 did go to the, oh man, yeah. And Jungle Book 2, I saw that. They probably shouldn't have, but. Mm -hmm. um, I was just going to say that those movies probably didn't need sequels in the theater, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Wow, so this is one of only three. I mean, a Fantasia hardly counts because that's not really a movie. It's a montage. I mean, a, a wonderful, beautiful, you know, montage. And um, Rescuers Down Under, though, I love that one. That's cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Fantasia. I mean, Ralph Breaks the Internet is definitely um, a milestone because it is the first commercially successful Disney animation sequel, and um, is of course preceding. The sequel to Frozen, uh, which yeah, now comes we're going to keep year. getting them. Now we're going to keep getting those sequels. <laughs> it's open to floodgate. Moana two, open water, <laughs> drowning, yeah. and no one can save me. <laughs> Rough. Drowning in money. <laughs> so uh, the movie deals with themes of friendship and um, you know finding one's destiny. It's essentially. It, um, Vanellope's story, wouldn't you say, Dawson? I kept trying to answer that question while I was watching it. I was like, who's the protagonist here? Like, who's the story mainly about? And it, and it definitely switched back and forth between the two. You got a lot of their perspectives a lot of the time. So I think it's definitely a shared hero story, but um, focus slightly, definitely more on her. Yeah. Um, and, and Jody, what did you think of her princess arc? I loved it. I didn't like hey. Penelope in the first one, and I thought it was amazing. They even gave her a musical number. I think they did a great job with Penelope, and I, I saw her as the lead um, throughout this one. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, um, I mean, it starts off in the arcade, and they're hanging out together. I mean, the first film established their friendship. 
that's been ongoing for we we know the past six years. It's been six years since the original. Um, fun fact: <laughs> the two most popular grocery store chains in Southern California, where I live, um, I live in LA, um, are Ralph's and Vaughn's, which bear a resemblance to the two main characters in in it's these. Vanelpe's middle name. Yeah, Vanelpe's middle name is Vaughn. You have Vanelpe Vaughn Schweetz. Um, so I don't know. No if relation to Matthew Vaughn. Was that intentional or is that just something that you picked up on? I just happened to pick up because, I mean, I see these signs okay. every single day for Ralph's, you know, grocery stores or Vaughn's. Musker or McCusker, whoever. I mean, there were, there were, did this happen to you? They, they had the announcement before the movie of like suddenly three old white dudes were thanking me for watching their movie. And oh, it was, awesome. oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, and I tried to memorize their names and to look them up later, but I couldn't. They were probably, when they were like, all right, Wrecker Ralph. What what is this movie? They were sitting at coffee and they looked out the window and saw Ralphs and Vaughns right next to each other and they're like, "Look, a friendship, a, com a competitive friendship." And then so they named their characters after that. Maybe who knows? Well, yeah, the at the AMC where I saw it. I mean, I saw it three times, uh, but um, it was introed by um, Clark Spencer, producer, and then Rich Moore and Phil Johnson Johnston, co-directors. Um, so, you know, Phil Johnston and Rich Moore conceived the idea for um, the the film. Uh, Johnston, of course, co-wrote the first Wreck-It Ralph, uh, along with Jennifer Lee, who uh, go on to direct Frozen and, and also write. Um, and uh, yeah, Jennifer Lee now is the uh, chief creative officer at Walt Disney Animation Studios. The CCO. Wow. Uh, yeah, the position formerly held by John Lasseter. What did he like re retire, or did, did Jennifer just direct Frozen, and then they had their own coronation ceremony where they all bowed down before Jennifer Lee and said, "You have created the single greatest money-making mm -hmm. Disney franchise of all time, and here's well, the scepter <laughs> of creativity. Here's your crown." Yeah, she co-directed it with Chris Buck, but then she also has had this. Um, successful writing career at Disney as well. So that is potentially why uh, she was chosen for the title. I mean, uh, yeah, Laster is out. He's, he's kind Pixar's, of like, he, he's still on um, in sort of a provisional basis until he finally leaves um, next year. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate. Did they but fire he, him? He, he has some controversy. I think he voluntarily he stepped down. What? Did he touch women and children? I mean, he was just uh, overly affectionate towards women. Well, many oh, women no. and children have been touched by him through his uh, and stories. He through, touched through me. The story. Yeah, as yeah. Child. <laughs> My master touched me <laughs> deeply as a child. Oh, no. I mean, he's credited I, as an executive producer on this movie. Um, who knows when that will stop. Um, but there's still plenty of projects in active development um, that he's had some part of overseeing. Um, so yeah, going, moving on to the movie, we're, you know, not going to spend too much time on this, but um, yeah, yeah, let's get to the movie. Let's talk about the movie. You, you know, we um, are introduced to this vast internet landscape. And of course, the first film introduced the idea of these anthropomorphic characters coming alive inside of an arcade. Um, and now, um, take that premise, shift it to something as massive at, as the internet. 
um, sort of reminiscent of the Matrix, especially one moment, Dawson and Jody, where like um, when they're entering for the first time, did you notice they're following Mr. Litwack and um, they form into these little like information packets as they're being sent yeah. into the internet? <clears throat> well, yeah, I love that. Yeah, Vanellope's is blue and Ralph's is red. Um, sort of like the blue pill and red pill from the oh, Matrix. Oh, wow. Fun. I've never seen The Matrix, so mm. that one was past me, I guess. Yeah. Um, if I didn't pick up on that. I was wondering if red meant he had, like, done something wrong, and then, uh, but that didn't, he, no consequences came of that. They just, it might just because, you know, Ralph's, red. yeah, uh, wardrobe is red and Vanellope is, is blue, but... Um, it, it was, it sort of paralleled the way that, you know, if you take the red pill in the matrix, you know, the illusion is, is removed and you know that you're living in the matrix. If you take the blue pill, you're just reintegrated into the illusion and, and you think that, you know, the matrix is, is, you know, real life. Um, and Vanellope, you know, as she's going into the internet shouts, this is awesome. And, and Ralph is, you know, much more uh, reluctant. He's like, no, it's not. So, uh, huh. yeah. He's also that. the one trying to maintain, though, the the illusion of stability and perfect security and harmony in their friendship. Um, mm -hmm. so, and, well, I mean, Ralph. I mean, he's definitely a simpleton. Like, he's kind of a buffoon in this movie. That yeah, that was way that was way more prominent about his character. I, I kept noticing in the first one, I, I kept trying to remember. Like, I don't remember him being like particularly ignorant and dumb and like unaware and kind of. Um, in the last one, you know, because he uh, he was doing a lot of heroic things. Like he was on his journey. He knew what he wanted, and he was trying to get there. And he navigated that for rather successful. I mean, he did bumble around a lot and bump into things or whatever but uh yeah this one was very uh was it was very interesting in that way um the friendship dynamic which is what the whole film was about i'm sure we'll get into mm -hmm. he was dumber he seemed dumber but also i don't know yeah simpler like philip said i agree that crossed my mind too when i was watching it that he just seemed a little too simple like his yeah. story and maybe that makes sense, though, because, well, I, I basically love the setup of everything in, in this film, like especially the question of how do they get into this Internet world? How do they explain that? You know, plug in the Wi-Fi, go into the Wi-Fi, go into the Internet. Super simple, make, made a lot of sense. It's awesome. And then, um, well, like what what is their friendship like after the events of the first film? And so the beginning, the, you know, inciting incidents, all that was brilliant. You know, five years or whatever have passed and they've been friends for five years. Their friendship grew ever since ever since he saved her and saved sugar rush and they you know they just went on to have a great time they get drinks at tappers every night like friends do they go out and you know it really established um that they had a good five years but within that five years it's perfectly reasonable that you know a certain status quo can be developed a certain you know a pattern that and and dissatisfaction can grow out of that familiarity breeds contempt and uh mm -hmm. you definitely um, you know, Ralph could have easily softened maybe into, into such a, a familiar pattern with Vanellope that maybe he just lost a lot of, I, I don't know, his active awareness and was operating on according to just a set assumptions, whereas Vanellope was trying to, I don't know, yeah. he was getting restless. I mean, so that would explain from, yeah. maybe why he kind of got, he got simpler over time because life was simpler, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
he was always simple i feel yeah always simple but driven in the first one he definitely and that you know that's true engaging well what did uh, you all think of it like what was your impression of the quality of the film i mean uh the the characters you know they you know i i feel like we're pretty fleshed out but you know someone might just criticize you know the lack of um necessarily depth or or intelligence displayed by ralph you know as you know simply a product of this being a animated movie for babies which i don't think it was no um no i thought this one was a lot more engaging um starting it out with those existential questions like what is the meaning of life am i happy in life you know vanellope diving into those really deep thoughts that a lot of adults and maybe even kids i don't remember if i thought about that as a kid think about i think you know this movie maybe was a little less nostalgic but a lot more engaging on on the theme of like what is my life what is my purpose and what do i maybe have to sacrifice or say goodbye to in order to you know fulfill my potential i thought the overall story was was really good there was a lot going on but um i thought that that storyline was really really strong uh, yeah, it never came off as dumb or like for kids. And even I, I was looking around me like a lot of, I mean, this hasn't been dumbed down. It might be a simple story somewhat, but not only is it incredibly visually stimulating and, and overwhelming, but like they're, they're, the conversations these characters having, they didn't seem uh, in, intentionally, uh, oh, what's the word? contrived or anything um it was all really believable and i kept i kept looking at the adults sitting next to me because i was laughing at a lot of things you know like oh uh uh, fix it felix and his relationship with his wife or and all the the little jokes about parenting and Mm -hmm. you know what that's like i kept laughing out loud at that and i kept expecting the parents next to me to as well i kept looking at them like your kids are all here. Like, aren't you relating to these characters and their struggles? Like, come on. And, and I don't know, they didn't really seem to be reacting much, but um, yeah, I, well, what I loved about the story of their friendship was how often they kept using the word insecurity and, and, and that theme of, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is big. Like uh, I could, you know, a lot of friends or people maybe, and kids, you know, especially like I can imagine a bunch of like 10 through 12 year olds going to that movie hearing that word, watching this friendship and thinking about some friends that they have and thinking about maybe how to, how to address uh, similar issues. Because I remember that happening to me. I remember being both people. I've been both people in that situation. Um, and I did like how his, how the insecurity manifested itself Mm -hmm. in the end in the climactic, uh, showdown and stuff. Um, so I think it all worked really well. Maybe it was, well, uh, no, yeah, I, I, it really worked for me. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I um, the first time I saw it, um, I wasn't fully invested in the movie. Um, it, it didn't, you know, fully engage me, and I still maintain it's not as good as the first one. But um, upon seeing it a second time, and I actually just saw it a third time last night, I wanted to see it in three D to just get the full effect. Um, but um, they really um, have, have a uh, heavy burden, you know, in trying to create this fully realized world and give it the same type of dimension and um, believability as in the first one. Um, and yeah, I mean, some of the logic of it uh, didn't really um, 
play with me as much. Um, like what? Well, it, you know, starting off from the beginning, like when they're um, starting the day at the arcade and, you know, Vanelfi's expressing how she's becoming bored with her game. And so Ralph just like hops in, in her game and builds this new track in a matter of, you know, just a few minutes. And it's like, shouldn't he be going to his game um it just seemed like odd i i did think of i yeah i was like he's really gonna have to hurry up and get over to his game before mm -hmm. maybe he knows that like fix it felix jr has kind of hit hours and that he can get away with fudging it a little bit yeah i don't know and like he apparently has time to you know drop a bunch of sign posts you know pointing to his uh new track that he made for vanellope it's like when did he have time for that you know just little minor nitpicks that are yeah. kind of silly. Didn't he? Did he work on that like the night before at all, or was it right before, like literally seconds before her race started? I can't remember I because know. that uh, that should have been a red flag for me, mm -hmm. you know. But I, I, I mean, yeah, maybe he had been working on the track previously. Jody, you saw it really fresh. Do you remember how much? Time oh gosh, I don't remember. I think he builds it that day, and he just yeah. kind of hammers it out with his fists mm -hmm. yeah and i mean they don't i mean do they, that don't, really fast. Yeah. they don't really go into it and you know i thought right mm -hmm. away i was like okay it took six years for you to think about hammering and <laughs> a new path i i didn't yeah. i didn't really think all the scenes made a whole lot of sense altogether but i i don't think that detracted from the overall movie it was it was still really cute regardless of how fast he made it yeah that's one of uh, yeah i think it's just structurally you know five years go by Everything's been the same. Now here we are at the beginning of this new film and the status quo. A character expresses being restless, so he tries to do something to bring new life into it. And then, um, you know, like, I don't know, she's been fine for five years with the same tracks. Today's the day he happens to build another one. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's after they've gone done uh, with, um, you know, banter back and forth where she's like, well, agree to disagree um and oh yeah you know, ralph doesn't know the meaning of like agree to disagree it's like what i'm i don't want to disagree and um she you know she's like it's just an expression let it go that's like I a real that yeah real relationship stuff uh you know friendships uh marriage relationships there was a lot of you know uh just uh, man and i wish i could remember better but just lines of dialogue and mm -hmm. things banters back and forth things that people assumptions each character had and the ways they'd relate to each other that it was just like oh yeah i know what that is i've seen that or people do that people go through that um mm -hmm. anyway uh there's just a lot of loose like conversational dialogue in these movies um which is really really fun adds yeah, so much really the realism you know i think that's just a product of like the vigorous writing process that they have for these uh these disney animated films especially lately um it, it just they, they seem so kind of natural the worlds really feel full and the stories feel mm -hmm. full and fleshed out and you know all like and any character ever speaks you know whether it's the the ebay cart the, the woman who checks out at, in, at ebay i love that mm -hmm. scene so much the bidding and everything mm -hmm. or the the alan tudyk's google questions guy oh, yeah he mr was, knows more mr knows more. <laughs> that was terrific <laughs> Yeah. yeah of course um he played king candy in the first one which was uh sort of a take on um ed wins um mad hatter and and i think in this one it's sort of like the character of the white rabbit 
um, the voice, um, the mannerisms, it might be somewhat um, inspired by that. The actor is Bill Thompson, who played Droopy Dog, also voiced the original White Rabbit and Alice in Wonderland. Um, and then Alan Droopy Dog, he's got the, you know, the famous, uh, I don't know, old man uh, the, with the flapping jowls. Trying to do it so long. Um, I mean, I, I could. Is, wait, is he, what character is he in? Or what movie is no, Droopy Dog? Droopy Dog is just, a, it's not a Disney character. Um, he's, a, he's from a different studio. Oh, um, he's got his own little line of cartoons. Don't you know Droopy Dog? He's just kind of a. I do, but I can't do the voice. I know exactly what you're talking about. No, Dustin, why, why don't you know who Droopy Dog is? Dog, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, Phil. That sounds like the, the pills guy from. Yeah, uh, Doc Moly. Doc Moly. Uh, that's exactly the voice he's doing. Come get uh, pills. Droopy dog. No, now I feel like I've lived the whole life and there's this like other Mickey Mouse or Bugs Bunny that I just somehow have been aware of. Yeah. Like, um, oh, Bugs Bunny? Who's, who's that? Droopy what? Dog. Droopy oh, dog. What animation studio is he from? I have no, What is he from? Um, We've got like five minutes. We should be talking about Yeah. Um, Tex Avery by for MGM. Yeah, Droopy does appear in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He's one of the few non-Warner Brothers or Disney characters to uh, have a cameo in that film. I'll just say quick about, you mentioned like the brands, you like Jody, and you're like, oh, I'm going to see brands everywhere or whatever. This was the most unobnoxious like brand thing. Like I was expecting to maybe be annoyed by like nods and product placement, but I never was because... That's, it's just literally what the internet would look like. All these things would be here. So I was so impressed with the level of detail that they attained in getting everything that you would see in the internet, which led me to question, like, who paid who for this? Mm -hmm. um, do, 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 the, do the internets pay to be in this movie, or did the movie pay the internets to be in the that question crossed my mind too because for some of them i mean twitter is obviously twitter and that's a really cute scene and um snapchat is snapchat and ebay is ebay but then when it came to youtube i mean which they're clearly referring to with buzzfeed yeah. mm -hmm. they didn't use the name and i didn't know if there was a reason for that they mentioned youtube was a competitor to buzztube so mm -hmm. yeah so that was kind of bizarre to me because clearly buzztube isn't something that is used regularly by people is BuzzTube a thing? Buzz, it probably Buzz is Tube, now. Yeah, it, it uh, no, it's it's made up for the movie. It's reminiscent of BuzzFeed, of course. And there's actually yeah. a poster in the background that reads Buzz Food, Buzz Food um, as a nod to BuzzFeed. But yeah, BuzzTube. I mean, it is sort of like a, a YouTube, but there is YouTube in Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, there's you know yeah, just a barrage of recognizable brands and logos. Um, I think it's just like we needed this one internet site to be a dominant part of the story and we're not going to make it YouTube. We're going to create something like YouTube and yes. editor for YouTube to center our story around, yeah, which I like all that stuff. I like that character and the whole idea of becoming viral. And mm -hmm. that was really icky and interesting when she says like, uh, like he makes, he does something really stupid and she's like, you're a genius, uh, a star, you know? As if yeah. making up a viral video is some high art, you know. 
Yeah, I was expecting to be a little bit more put off by that character. Uh, yes. So was I, but I was really surprised. Like, you know, the, like the internet viral industry is run the same way uh, this like model diva goddess woman would run, you know, like a modeling agency or. But, you know. but she's a nice model diva. Like she's, yeah. you know, not, not a total monster. Um, I, I probably was a similar situation to like, you know, how do we do joy in Inside Out and not make her into just a totally obnoxious character? They probably had a lot of workshopping on this character as well. Yeah. For Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, accompanied by the character Maybe, played by German actor Flula Borg. Um, oh, yeah. He's <laughs> got that great voice. Uh, the character with the undulating jowls. <laughs> Drink it from das Boot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everything in this movie I kept thinking would be so annoying if a lesser studio had tried to tell this story. Mm-hmm. Even, oh, the comment. What did you guys think of the comment scene? When he... When he oh, stumbled, yeah. Like, oh, as I kept soon as waiting. he walked into the room and I saw the screens, I knew exactly where they were going. Um, I'm not like a huge internet person. I like don't use Snapchat and I hardly use Instagram or YouTube, but I work with so many girls where comments can make or break your day. Mm-hmm. So I knew when he walked into that room and he saw some of those negative comments pop up and like those online bullies start to like beat on him. I knew that was going to happen. And I, I thought that was a really, a really good scene because I think a lot of kids, especially now, they have cell phones and access to the internet and kind of, you know, explaining that the internet can bring out the best and the worst and try to, you know, refrain from becoming a monster and like, don't, don't do those types of comments. I loved that part. That was probably one of my favorite parts and the most emotional part for me, I think. Yeah. I almost think like this movie should be required reading, viewing for like, a kid before you give them a cell phone or something like it really just segmented all these very real aspects of the internet that you run didn't run into and like i know i know i ignore comments they like literally don't matter because people just fire them off and then the movie dealt with that it's just like mm-hmm. can bring out the best can bring out the worst and it's endless one of my favorite comments i saw in the background was ralph is not the hero we need right now or like i kept looking at them and and how many like you know savvy and mm-hmm. uh meany you know comments people were they were very they were very believable like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean that uh, it was it was toned down to the pg rating uh, oh that's true i was like where are all the f ralph and f ralph can suck yeah. my, you know there there are plenty of euphemisms in the film that are substitutes for you know the real deal even um in shank's gang like one of the characters pyro he says fiddlesticks when they're shooting hoops it's yeah oh, it's like who, oh who yeah, says yes. fiddlesticks anymore i don't know <laughs> that jumped out at me i thought no one on the internet would say fiddlesticks he, he makes it sound natural though so i mean i loved her whole gang the posse you know the slaughter race thing um you know we'll we'll get into that back Close to like the whole like Disney synergy branding. I mean, with one, uh, you know, one side of that is just simply that Disney owns so much <laughs> that they can, they have access to so many IP. But I, I think it's for the most conversation with the CEO of Google, like Bob Iger is like, hey, Google, yeah. um, make this movie. I'm like, oh, awesome. I'm, it, it <laughs> might be a matter of just getting permission. I don't, I don't know. There may have been some paid sponsorships um or 
you know, licensing fees. Um, but um, that's for HR. It, yeah. HR people at Disney are like, store here, this movie where we are going to feature every thing in the internet. Like, not oh, not HR. <laughs> HR <laughs> handles the staff. Um, oh, handles the staff. That's yeah. the legal department that the handles the that. contracts. Um, but yeah, of course, all of these things have a design component as well. You know, the the um, actual active create the creative choices that go into choosing what appears on screen. There there may have been some things too that were just thrown in without. You know, it's hard hard to say because it's just such a big budget mainstream Hollywood film that they have to be really careful. But may have may have been a few things that just were included on a fair use type of basis. Um, you know, the the Batman stuff was actually kind of interesting too. They they threw in those moments where there were references to um, the old Batman live action series from the '60s. The Adam West. Um, re- do you remember that during the scene uh, with the princesses, um, the transition from them going from their dresses to their comfortable clothes? Um, it showed the Disney Castle logo pop up, like like the Batman logo with the you know trumpet salvo that plays you know during the uh, the old school Batman transition. You remember, right? Oh gosh, yes, yeah. I know yeah. what that is. But when I watched it, yeah, I saw that and I was like, "What? Well, I know that, but I only know it in its use on the internet. Like, I don't know what it's actually from." Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the heck? Mm-hmm. I, I liked how you know, yeah, it uh, invoked Batman, which is not Disney. I mean, it's their biggest rival, Warner Brothers, with their you know DC properties. Um, they were able to use it because. Um, 20th Century Fox, I believe, owns the rights to the uh, that old film or TV series, um, and now Disney's um, acquiring 20th Century Fox. Um, but but I think it 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 does help the world to like branch out to more than just you know a whole bunch of Disney stuff. Like it, it makes it into a more believable world. Right. Um, kind of like with Ready Player One and like how they, they tried to include references to um, more than just Warner Brothers properties. Yeah, just anything popular, mm-hmm. you know, because that makes sense. Three, two, one, go! Way to go, kid. One second, I'm having the time of my life. The next thing I know, my game is just... Kid! Gone. Oh no, I'm freaking out hard. If I'm not a racer, what am I? Oh, you're my best friend. All you gotta do is find a part to fix your game. Everything goes back to the way it was. But where are we gonna find that? The internet! What? So we see in, in this movie, there is just a ton of self-referential humor uh, towards Disney. And um, it in- even includes the website, Oh My Disney. Are any of you familiar with that? The actual website, I wasn't. I just like opened it up today to see if it was really called that, Oh My Disney. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. I thought it was just Disney.com. Well, it's Oh My Disney is like a Disney endorsed fan website 
Yeah, it has like quizzes and um, mm. different trivia, that mm. kind of thing, um, mm-hmm. which is referenced in the movie as well. I loved that the little girl, you know, up at night on her laptop. What mm. princess am I? Like that's that's awesome. That's a nice touch. That whole process of these, you know, real life users interacting with the internet, something that distracted me though, because I don't know, they're they're entering this internet with all the vast things going on, the all the people uh, running around uh, as their users, going from place to place. Um, you know, they're flying around in these little airborne vehicles. I mean, it looks like Coruscant, you know, with all the, you know, in Star Wars, all the um, air speeders zooming around this massive planetary city. Um, you know, the, the vehicles are called browsers. You know, th- those are the mm-hmm. web browsers. Um, all these just interesting um, concepts of relating, you know, real life internet um, you know, browsing technology to these um, devices within the film. But like, it, it really didn't even nearly scratch the surface of what that would resemble if they were trying to be accurate. Like the uh, eBay bidding processes and, and like all the, the traffic on the internet. I mean, that would just have to be one small section of the internet in order to be accurate because it's just so massive. So that, that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Like, what, what are the rules here? What's that? What took you out of it? Um, just, just how, um, how, how do, does the internet traffic work? How does, um, how does... I understand does, what you're saying, yeah. but I think they did a, a good job dumbing the internet down for people. I mean, I don't even know how the internet works, but mm-hmm. I thought the way they did it and the way they showed you know, people asking questions or Googling things or, you know, searching for things. I thought it was interesting and it was like a nice visual way to sort of learn about how it might work. I don't know, again, how accurate it it is. And you're saying you didn't like that the humans are interacting with the internet. I thought that made it, you know, more realistic. I think they have Miranda Sings at one point Mm -hmm. typing something up and I think it doesn't work and she she has a little cameo there. Oh, but that's who that was. I knew that I character that had been kind of important. I thought it was a fun element to have the the humans interacting with the internet world and the, the mm-hmm. Wreck-It Ralph world. Well, you're absolutely right. It was a very effective way of presenting that. I just wasn't as open to it the, the first time I saw it, but have since you know, warmed to it. Because it, it does, you know, in order to have a movie, you just have to give it a very kind of loose impression of, you know, yeah. what the real life is. And, you know, it's, it's just a fantasy world. So, you know. Yeah, if you're going to try to pull, what, pull the premise that they used in the first movie for video games with the internet, I mean, how else? I, I, I couldn't think of another way to do it, on, frankly. I mean, yeah. Well. It, I, I kind of, um, I fall back on the sausage party rule Ugh. Where, <laughs> which I've not seen. You You're seen. not missing out. Um, <laughs> no, with, with these sort of animated. Uh, so Jody, you saw the movie, but like with these yeah. like fantasy worlds where like anthropomorphic things, you know, objects in everyday life are coming to to life. It's like they're existing in their own sort of parallel universe where you know a human could maybe access it, but they'd have to get high on bath salts first. <laughs> Like, yeah. like the character does in Sasha's Party. Oh, right. they, they have to 
where like so the so the the humans don't see the 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 animated humans or the humans are just going about their ordinary lives without any knowledge of this whole other world where yeah well the reason it works on the internet is because it's because it's on the internet it's Mm -hmm. like they're they're not actually interacting or seeing anything in real life or like Mm -hmm. you know they just see yeah well clearly the users are seeing these videos Well, they see the fully image yeah yeah yeah. which that is yeah there, there are some moments where there, there are at least three occasions where people are wondering aloud, "Where is this coming from? How is this happening?" <laughs> this Which is, yeah, because there's a real, there's a real three D avatar of Ralph that exists in the physic in the material world only, but only in the internet. Like the, mm-hmm. that's the only place you could see that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's asked a, f- a few times, but it's never explained in the movie, which I kind of assumed it wouldn't be. The Wreck-It Ralph virus, is that what you're referring to when they're no, saying, like, no, oh, that, shutting it down, or? No, that uh, Ralph is able to exist within the internet and, like, publish videos for mass consumption. Oh, yeah, that was he, a little he takes strange. films of himself, and the Ralph that they see is the same Ralph we see, you know, watching the movie. And right. Yeah, th- there's just this random animated character, you know, who is self-aware and... <laughs> you know, for building his own internet brand. Yeah, and you have to assume someone's exactly, like someone is responsible for it, someone's enemy, you know, Harry Partridge is creating this or something. Yeah, and the fact that like he's able to accomplish this within a matter of just a few hours too, was, mm-hmm. was a bit of a stretch for me. That was a stretch for me too, The how viral he got so quickly. But that is again, kind of a point they were trying to make about the internet in the first place, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, of course, we kind of skipped over Slaughter Race, um, which is one of the first places they visit when they go to the internet. Um, I, I, I mean, it's basically what Grand Theft Auto, but with more emphasis on racing. More emphasis on racing, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a alternate Los Angeles where, I don't know, maybe there were like climate disasters, a whole bunch of flooding allowed Every- sharks to invade the sewers or something. Everything terrible <laughs> Everything wrong in the world. Like, so was- there's, there's still like functioning vi- businesses. You do see like a liquor store, <laughs> which is a reference to alcohol that's not censored as in the case of tappers in the arcade. Mm-hmm. But... Um, <laughs> You know, and then there's people on the street. There's one moment where like the cars are drifting around the corner, and there's this guy just sitting on the curb drinking a cup of coffee. He's like on a stoop, and then the car just grazes his coffee cup, just smashes it out of his hand. Um, it's kind of a neat little moment. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, not- I mean, Slaughter Race was awesome. I, I, I guess yeah. I don't. I didn't. It's like it's cool. And it got its own song. The, the uh, Disney princess, you know, Jody, yeah. you you uh, probably appreciated Vanellope's song titled Slaughter Race. Yeah, did you guys not like that part? I thought that was I like one it. of the strongest scenes. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. They, they, the, there were the, you know, the princesses all said, look at some water and you'll sing a song about I want. And so then I wondered, will Vanellope actually, will that moment happen? And, and it did. And it was perfect. Yeah, I love the way that they did it. And they it wasn't like a typical like finding yourself song, like the fact that they placed it in the slaughter race. Uh, I wish I pulled up the lyrics to look at it again, but I'm pretty sure she's singing about some of the things that are happening around her as well. And I think it's really funny. Like I said, I grew was, to love I died, like the whole song. Mm-hmm. 
it was yeah. probably it was perfect. Yeah, one of the funniest parts of the the film. Um, yeah, um, one of my other well, there there are several highlights. Um, one of the other for me is like when uh, Ralph and Vanellope lose their first race against um, Shank, and they're being confronted by her and about to get wasted. Um, or you know the the message that flashes on your screen in Grand Theft Auto when you get killed is oh, wasted. Yeah. wasted. But in in Slaughter Race, it's end of the road. Um, and then Ralph is just like begging for their lives and uh, yeah, talking about um, Vanellope <laughs> as a racer in this Sugar Rush game with her sweet little cookie wafer car, and Vanellope is just all you know embarrassed. She's embarrassed. Yeah, Ralph would try to like handle things and speak for her, and that. Was- ways that was a cool part of their relationship the uh the 3d made it all worth it though during the slaughter race musical number with the guy who um he's holding the um tattoo uh, what do they call that uh the stylus for tattoos um is there a term for the the, what what is a tattoo i think Uh, it is called an ink gun yeah something gun right isn't it black gun the gun of the gun of death the gun of return philip you have tattoos um, you never asked what they were putting on you yeah yeah what um what's the word the airbrush no um Um, electric pen there is no official term so uh i mean the the 3d is made totally worthwhile when the guy who's got the tattoo gun he like points it right at the screen it's pretty unnerving uh he's like how about a face tattoo (laughs) <laughs> yikes uh, great little moment but uh speaking of, of princesses you know we have our oh my disney sequence which is just a cascade of disney references of all types but of course the most exciting being the uh appearance of all the princesses on screen so uh yeah jody we'll talk a little bit about that scene um how, how did you think it was handled Yeah, I mean, that was a really strong part of the trailer that they released before the movie came out. And that's the main reason I wanted to go see it. Like I said, I'm not typically a huge Pixar fan. Mm -hmm. So um, the princess scene was the one I was waiting for. And, you know, they put a lot of it in the trailer itself. So I sort of knew what to expect. And I was a little worried it would be like too, we don't need a man, like a little too feminist for my taste, just because I wanted them to stick a little bit to to the real princess characters. Yeah, I thought that would be like the focus of the scene, but that line came up and then they just moved right past it. Yeah, they moved right past it. I really like that they gave them those those new outfits um, in the comfortable clothes. They kind of like follow Vanellope's lead and get to wear casual wear. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big fan of seeing that, that costume. Me too. All of them. them chilling as normal girls is like, oh, you look like yeah. normal girls. Cool. I, yeah. I was hoping when that scene ended that they would do more of it, which they do at the end when they um, rescue Ralph. Mm-hmm. Can I say that? Is it okay to put a spoiler in it? Um, like, yeah, we're, we're, we'll go into full spoilers. Yeah, um, but but yeah, I thought I thought that was really good, and you know, I hope that they'll just make a full movie with all the princesses living in the same world. It's such a fun thought that they don't just exist in their own movies, but that they could all exist somewhere together. Like, oh my Disney is where they hang out. <laughs> I loved it. That'd be a great um, animated short before like one of the films. Yeah, the princess shorts would be great. Yeah, it's. They, they like apparently these characters in their internet hub 
didn't have comfy clothes until Vanellope came along. So she was uh, the catalyst for that. Um, I don't know if you caught all of the designs for their alternate outfits. Um, I could actually list them uh, from memory. Um, really? Yeah. This whole movie is so packed with things. I need to go to again. So seeing it three times, you can remember what their shirts said? Um, yep. Yep. So, um, and when I first saw the publicity stills for this scene, I've got flashes of <laughs> a, a certain famous painting by perhaps the most well-known Renaissance painter, Leonardo da Vinci. Do you know what painting I'm talking about? Mm. The, the uh, Altrusive Man? What's he called? The Last the, Supper. The oh, The Last, the last Supper? The Last Supper. Wow. Huh. <laughs> yeah, there's there's one still that they, or one frame from the you know, movie that looks a lot like uh, The Last Supper with all the princesses lounging. And of course, uh, the central character in that scene is, is um, you know, the, the one occupying the center of the screen would be Elsa. And she's holding a red cup. She's, uh, she's got like a strawberry milkshake or something. So, There's a moment where that literally happens in the film. Yeah, yeah, they're like lounging uh, and they've all got beverages. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that's intentional. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, Elsa Christ parallels aside. Um, the, just there are none. Quickly, what's that? Nothing. <laughs> there keep, are keep none. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dealing with dogs at the moment, and oh, that's okay. why I had to leave again. Um, Real quick, each of the designs on the uh, princess's shirts. So Elsa's wearing a sweater that says, just let it go. Cute. And then, yeah, some yoga pants with like a star field on it, which is kind of interesting. Um, Anna is wearing a like a flannel um, over the top of a t-shirt that says, finish yeah, each other's flannel. sandwiches. <laughs> um, Rapunzel. She's kind of got the same look as Anna, but her shirt says uh, the uh, the snuggly duckling bar house. Um, Pocahontas, her her shirt says um, blue corn moon with a picture of a wolf, kind of the classic wolf uh, <laughs> screen print type. Shirt. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Ariel's, you know, she's got the gizmos and who's its and what's its and snarflats and dinglehoppers. Um, that you know list format t-shirt uh bell uh, hers is a picture or silhouette of the beast that says bff uh snow white i love hers uh, it's the apple with the poison slime you know the skull shaped slime over it it says poison so maybe it's a reference to uh the rock band poison <laughs> you know every rose has its thorn um uh, aurora it says nap queen Oh, I saw that one. Funny. It's pretty great. Cinderella, this is G2G, and the letters are shaped like, uh, you know, the pumpkin um, carriage. As in got to go. G2G, yep, got to go. Okay. Um, Jasmine, this is the, the hand of the genie holding up the number three, three wishes. Moana's shirt says shiny with a picture of um the of, crab um, character of, of, of uh flight of the concord crab yeah <laughs> um mulan she's wearing a bomber jacket with embroidered mushus on each shoulder her outfit is the coolest <laughs> yeah, it, i yeah. love her outfit did she have, she had like a kimono on right or something like it or not did am i completely making that up no she i mean she just had her original outfit 
you know. Oh yeah. And then the comfy outfit. Each character had two outfits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiana, uh, her shirt says Nola, New Orleans. Oh, cute! I didn't see that one. I love that too. I would love to be the person who got to pick their clothes. They should sell all these shirts. I bet they do. They I do. wouldn't yeah. be surprised if you can find them online because my friends did a cosplay shoot of it and redid the the scenes on YouTube. Oh, they, they did. And they the, all have the outfits. Uh-huh. That's awesome. I want to be a girl. Uh, I want the outfits. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, Merida, they look fun. They look comfy. And, and then finally, Merida has a picture of a bear. Um, then under that, it just says "mom." Did you catch what she said um, when she was speaking? Very in that that thick accent. Do you the third time you watched it? Could you figure out what she was saying? I tried. Um, it's different from what is in the trailers. Um, I I couldn't catch it. There's something about a tear in his eye, uh, or I don't know who she's necessarily talking about. Um, yeah, it was like when you read the scenes in Wuthering Heights when Joseph, this manservant, is talking and she writes in the full uh, northern dialect in, in in just made up words. I tried to find online somewhere, you know, someone translating it, but it doesn't seem like anyone has. I don't know. I. Uh, That'll be your task after just, this podcast. Just didn't dig deep enough, I guess. Or you got to dig yeah. a little deeper. You got to live in Scotland for a while, and then you'll just know. You'll learn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was all the same voice actresses um, returning as the princesses, with the exception of you know the original three: Snow White, Aurora, and uh, Cinderella. Um, and then, um, yeah, so moving on to just the, uh, the climax, the film, the, uh, resolution. Um, oh, I, I mean, I really loved, um, like the, the dark net characters, <laughs> like starting off with yeah. Bill Hader as JP's family. Which I um, wondered if they'd even bring up the dark web and they totally did. And it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alfred Molina as double Dan. Job. And then his cousin Gord, <laughs> Gordon. Don't look at it. Oh my god! <laughs> I think they did a great job visualizing what the dark web would would be. You know, it's kind of cool how they had to take all of these ideas and make them into worlds. But yeah, I was curious if they would end up down there, and they did. And I thought they did a great job with that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the virus, I, I kind of wondered, like, how did they get, didn't they pay Double Dan for the virus? Or, and, and they don't, don't, like, show that. <laughs> he just, I mean, he just hands it over. But yeah. Ralph does have extra money left over. Yeah, from... he has, like, 6000 extra dollars because he made 30000 <laughs> on BuzzTube. And yeah. I think the, the, the steering loan is 24000 because they don't understand the concept of money. So they like put it up, up, up. Yeah, that was, that seemed really funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. $27,001. One. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the significance of that. I mean, it is the sum of two perfect cubes. So... There's something. Um, and then the this was interesting. The name of the virus is Arthur. And I wondered what that could possibly mean. Uh, I have a theory, which is, um, you know, in there's a character named Arthur in the Walt Disney canon um, the, from Sword in the Stone, the, the young King Arthur. Yeah, King Arthur. But in the movie, he's frequently called Wart. What? What? In, even by Merlin, like Merlin refers to him oh. as the wart. To uh, <laughs> I love yeah. that movie so much. 
Um, I don't think directly when he's talking to Arthur does he say wart. Yes. But you know what? what a wart. Warts are spread via virus. Oh, huh. You're really good at pulling up these ideas, Philip. I didn't think of that at all. Hmm. I just he, thought they wanted he to. He had make to think it. really hard about it for a lot longer than anyone should. <laughs> um, no, it, it took me about like ten minutes. I mean, not not to. They, they named the vi- the virus. His name was Arthur. Did he say? Did the did Dan Double Dan say like this is Arthur? Yep. Oh, I don't remember that. Arthur. Um, yeah, it took me like three times before I noticed that, and. Um, on the my third viewing, I, I noticed how like the princess outfits were made by the mice. Um, that's just part of the dialogue. Right before the transition, Cinderella says, "I'll get my mice on it right away." Yeah, Dawson Cinderella. loves the mice. <laughs> um, uh, and and then yeah, we finally have the climax where Arthur creates a whole bunch of clones of. Ralph, Ralph and well, we Ralph's find... insecurities, yeah, yeah, yeah. The insecurity virus. Um, Dawson and I talked all about this already, Philip. You missed it, but we thought that was the coolest way to make a a scary, scary monster was to like duplicate him over and over again. Didn't it remind you of um, Envy from Full Metal Alchemist? It reminded me of World War Z, the Brad Pitt zombie movie. That's also true. And I, does envy does envy duplicate? Him? Do you remember envy? Um, he morphs into this giant monster that has like souls of people like attached. I've never to seen it. that. I don't remember that. Scene. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I think I do now that you're bringing it up, but it could be a made-up memory. But oh, okay. Well, anyways, yeah. The only way of defeating this giant monster composed of all these Ralph zombie clones is, you know, either getting them therapy, uh, according, to Mr. <laughs> according to Mr. Noseborn, or else, you know, um, luring them to the hub of like the antivirus, antivirus. yeah, software, um, which they don't do either of those things. It, I don't know if you, yeah. you guys thought it resolved well um, in the way that, that it did happen. Um. Yeah, well, it was the resolution was the characters had an honest conversation about the issue for the first time, and you know maybe that's simple, um, but uh, was it was because the the monster was about to crush her, but Ralph Ralph finally like admitted the problem, right? Or yeah, he kind of takes a moment to like reflect on how his like fears and anxieties and insecurities could be holding their friendship back and he says to the giant monster of all the ralphs that you know you don't have to be with someone every day you don't have to talk to someone every day like they can still be your friend you just have to be able to trust them and then he kind of i think he changes from the inside out and then all of the monsters change from the inside out is that sort of what happens yeah am i wrong no you're you're right okay the monster just de-reses itself yeah Mm -hmm. Cause, cause it was, it was just acting out like Ralph's des, like kind of inner or his, his insecure desires, but then they, they, they shouted it down. Um, with the, I, well, I love the, that, the, like the sword that he has to take up to battle the monsters, the Pinterest pin. That was, Oh, funny. that was epic. Cool. Yeah. Um, 
an epic way to use a particular social media site. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry that the, the details of that particular conversation are evading me at the moment, but I do remember really, because he's about to crush her, and then Ralph is like, well, you can have her or something. Or like, no, you can have me. What does he say? Philip, you've seen it three times. Um, you have to let her go. You know, you have to trust. You know, friendships yeah. are based on trust. Yep. Not not, possess, not possession, and, mm -hmm. and which is, yeah. Um, it was it was the Phantom of the Opera prisoner's dilemma mm -hmm. at the end of that. Are you familiar with this? Oh, story? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's Christine. You, I'll force you to come with me or else I'll kill Raul. And it's like, well, if you kill Raul, then there's no way Christine's going to, you know, have any yeah. interest in, you know. In, in loving you or being with you or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's kind of simplistic, but also powerful, kind of depending on whatever mood you're in. I, for me, it was powerful. I, mm -hmm. I like that they took that moment to reflect. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I thought it was cool that, I don't know if I said it when you were away, Philip, actually, but I liked that this storyline didn't have an, a villain, a villain with a surprise plot twist. It was kind of like the villain was within the hero, those anxieties, those insecurities. And so I thought the ending was was strong mm -hmm. enough with him reflecting mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, realizing that sometimes like, loving your friend can become toxic if mm -hmm. it's you know holding them back and i thought it was a bittersweet but really mature ending for the movie yeah, yeah that's that's so true and i think that's a big part of why this movie has gotten such positive reception it doesn't fall back on a lot of those overused plot devices of you know the sudden twist of you know character who turns evil at the end yeah um, oh all of a sudden hans wants to kill elsa <laughs> yeah. oh surprise the candy king is evil you know i i liked this plot a lot more than a lot you, of them. you can do those plots very well like i think wreck, wreck it ralph one is a perfect example of, of you know brilliant brilliantly using familiar story moments but this but yeah the inner that the antagonist was the inner self and mm -hmm. that the final confrontation was with the shadow you know ralph's shadow um, that was, that was awesome. Very cool. You know, yeah, classic, you know, just talk it down, you know, that's kind of, but, but the, yeah, that's exactly what you had to do to resolve a situation was like that. Let's be yeah. honest. Each other. And Dawson and I were saying that it, throughout the movie, we were kind of going back and forth inside our head about maybe the solution was going to be like the lesson was Vanellope needed to become content with what she had. Like the lesson could have gone that way mm -hmm. or, you know, the way that it ended up going ultimately was that he had to learn how to like loosen the reins on her and let her sort of be free and, mm -hmm. and experience life. But I, I was wondering the whole movie, I was like, is she going to realize that the simple life was the better life? Is that where they're going to take mm -hmm. us with this? But yeah. I was really pleased that they didn't go that route because I think they, they could have if they wanted to. They could have had the lesson mm -hmm. be, don't wish, you know, I mean. That's they profound. They could have had her be happy yeah. with what you have, but they, they let her take the risk. Um, well, I was surprised they never, like, I don't know if Ralph ever stated, like, I, I don't want you to live in slaughter race because you could actually die. Like, the threat here is is so much, like, that. the main reason not to stay in slaughter race was if you got in an accident while you're racing, you're done. You can't. You know, and yeah, well, they did resolve that too, where it's explained, you know, shame at the end, yeah, uh, reprogrammed, you know, mm -hmm. which yeah. was almost like choosing choosing the riskier dream 
I was like, there's, there's something real mature about like, if you, you know, you might want this thing, but it does involve a certain risk. And then they, they reduced the risk, you know, at the end and they made it her new home, frankly, um, which is fine. The kid, uh, when, when she's waving oh, goodbye at Ralph, the kid next to me was so invested at, well that, cause I was wondering throughout the films, like, are these kids like, are they getting this? Like, are they, are they invested? Uh, he like jumped up and started waving at the screen, like at her. It was really cute. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I thought that part was very sweet. Mm. I teared up during that part when she's walking away and they're waving back and forth at each other. Mm -hmm. Oh man. I I didn't really tear. No, I didn't tear up. And that was another, I was like, cause like the, the first one makes me tear up in like three different places. And, and this one didn't make me tear up, but I, I thought I felt all the moments that I was meant to. It was good. Yeah. I mean the scene where they've got the two halves of the heart, and then they're hugging at the end and like they match up. I mean, that yeah. was, you know, tear inducing for me, totally. I want this to be my life. I don't think I could ever tell Ralph. There's no law saying best friends have to have the same dreams. This is what's called the dark net. Are you sure this is safe? Just whatever you do, do not look at his little brother. Oh, his little brother? (laughs) What are you doing here? The reason I came to your neck of the face. I mean, there's a face in your neck. I mean, woods, neck of the woods. But yeah, that was Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, Really loved the new film from Walt Disney Animation. And, um, you know, they just know how to build those human characters and um and these relationships that really do impact um yeah thanks guys so much for coming on and talking about the movie on the show you're ready for more sequels from disney everyone get <laughs> do you excited think that they'll do a third after watching this one i'm hoping that that's it i think wreck it ralph has sort of like wreck it ralph should be done yeah. yeah the internet is as big as it gets so it i thought it was a great sequel but i hope there's no more you, you saw friendship get formed in a really compelling way. You saw it get strained in a really compelling way. And then you saw it get resolved in a really compelling way. Like, we we got to find out about more about <laughs> Fix It Felix and... Uh, no, no. That resol- no, that resolved too. I love this. <laughs> yeah, like, the-, the secret to raising children is... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. My, my suggestion for what they said is go read the book Creativity Inc. by the founder of Pixar who would also go on to like reorganize the Walt Disney Studios into what we now have today. And like in that book, there's a lot of great insights on just how to organize people around a creative process. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, building a family, there's so many great insights. Um, So that's my little plug for (laughs) a, uh, you know, if, if anyone wants to start a book club, if um, I read the book, can we do a podcast about it, and our listeners can probably learn all it? should. We should do. Yeah, it. let me send you the book because I mean, it's just I can order it. So many of the themes in in that book reflect the themes that they explore in these movies: Pixar, Disney. You know, all about trust and honesty, and you know, dealing with fear, all the hidden forces that sort of get in the way of us fulfilling our potential. Um, it's, it's just so fascinating. The psychology of having good relationships. Like it's the insight, you know, all that stuff in this book about running Disney is in my, you know, premarital counseling marriage books. Like, oh yeah. You know, it's, 
Well, and, and in Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. Yeah, it's real life themes kind of put in a brightly colored crazy world so that kids can start learning before they're 27 years old how to handle like, life. Yeah, <laughs> that's why the Emoji Movie is so good. It teaches children good rules for life. Well, they do show Ralph attending a book club at the end of the movie. Reading Dostoevsky. Oh my gosh. That was the best. That was my favorite. Do you feel that <laughs> they reference it's his intention to have an unreliable narrator? <laughs> and uh, yeah. I do and, and I don't. <laughs> In the uh, Duality. I like it. Uh, Very that was, Yeah. There, there are several references to Steve Urkel. Um, like one with Yes's wardrobe kind of looked like a Steve Urkel type. And then one of the prompts for knows Moore's uh, search suggestions is Jaleel or uh, Urkel played by uh, actor Jaleel White, who was the original voice for Sonic the Hedgehog. But he's not in these movies, actually. It's the new actor currently playing Sonic the Hedgehog. But um, all right. So that's our final little bit of trivia. This could have you know, it would take, I don't know, six hours at least to discuss even a fraction of all the Easter eggs <laughs> that occur appear in oh, this Oh, yeah, overwhelmingly so. The... There's like a million. Mm -hmm. so, Go find them yourself and leave a comment on our web zone which ones you found. But I think we had a fun time here scratching the surface of Ralph Breaks the Internet. And thanks, uh, everyone listening. Uh, we are the Thodcast Conversations about Animation. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I had so much fun kind of uh, taking the time to watch this movie and um, walking through it with all of you guys. Uh, I'm excited to see what movies you guys tackle next, and I appreciate you having me here as a guest today. And I'm Dawson, and I'm so happy Jody is back. She makes this so much better. And uh, <laughs> I had a lot of fun watching a movie that impacted me powerfully that I really enjoyed and then two weeks later trying to remember what I thought about it um, I want to improve my memory so that I can give detailed analysis analysis to you um, but it's been fun thanks for having me Tomatoa is the name of the crab. Tomatoa. You can edit that in. Philip, you're going to take four years editing this one. Uh, Philip, you have to do your closing remarks. You have to be like, yeah, thanks marks, so right. much. Something, something. Have All a right. nice day. Yeah, thanks so much. I'll... All right. Thanks so much, Dawson. Jody, yeah, Jody, just having you on here brought so much. Uh, Dawson, you're absolutely right. And um, well, we'll be back um, in a week discussing animation film and TV, and um, all of you guys have a magical day. Um, I'm, I'm, I've got to go run and grab my um, laundry, uh, if that's okay. Take a quick pause. Uh, all right, I'll run, be- Run, run as fast yep. as you can. I'll be, I'll be back very soon. I liked the ending. Did you like the ending, Nelson, or did you think it was? Yeah, I loved the ending. When I when... kept thinking that she was going to like change her mind, and I thought that would have been a bad lesson. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was like, I, I was I like, was oh, gonna... is she going to realize that she should be like happy with what she like had? Like, I didn't know if that would be the lesson, like learn to be happy with what you have, or if it was going to be like chase your dream like it might not be good do you know what i mean like right, I, I, yeah. I was wondering the whole time and i was just and i was like i was the same as you when i was watching i was like who's the lead character in this like who's gonna get their dream like the him or her that was kind of sad for him right. but 
It's more realistic. Was it gonna was it gonna even out in some kind of compromise? Like maybe she'd go back to her game, but like, hey, you can come and visit anytime, you know, or whatever. But they actually, I mean, they programmed her into as far as we know, she's living now in yeah, death race. Yeah, because she she was like she said she's race. in the code or something slaughter race. I yeah, think. which actually I re- I really liked the fact that the, being in slaughter race, you know, chasing a dream meant that the stakes were higher because she could actually die there as opposed to sugar rush. So then when they like programmed her into the code, that meant she the risk of death was no longer a factor. Um, oh yeah, I, I didn't even think about that part of it. Yeah, no, I was worried about her the whole time because, like, if you die in the internet, you're you're done. Um, which is like, you know, if you and which is real life. Like the yeah. snake for taking for risk taking is is I is mean, real. That's what. Is. Yeah, that's the real risk. You know what? And I also thought that the because obviously, like with this one, there was no real villain. Like there was not like the surprise plot twist where like yes is the villain or something. Like the villain yeah. was the anxiety and the insecurity. They made that such a, a scary, like making anxiety, like that big giant Ralph. I was watching it. I was like, this is like, is this not scary to people? When the eyes come out and it's like himself crawling into it. I was like, man, this is, they're getting like, Really it's this scary villains. Zombie horde that <laughs> it starts as a zombie horde and then manifests in a giant evil Ralph. Oh, Ralph, yeah. Yeah, well, worst, not Ralph. I mean, it's not Ralph, but like the worst know. aspects of him. Yeah, like the, sha- is, the, sh- the archetypal shadow of Ralph. The little what does that virus thing say? I don't. I watched it yesterday, so I should remember. But he's like insecurity, like found, and then he's like duplicating yeah. it everywhere. Like yeah. that little virus is duplicating. It but- looks for it looks for insecurities and then can um uh and then can copy them onto yeah. like other parts of the world and it found like Ralph was one hundred percent insecure and then it and then it just duplicated. I turned when, the whole world insecure. Yeah, when you were saying you related yeah. to both, I was like I was like I can relate to both too though because like when they're like insecurity one hundred percent I'm like oh no like I, I don't know. I thought it was good. There are times. There are times yeah. in our. I think in our everyone life. can relate to both. Like everybody, like is at one point like I'm gonna chase my dream, and then everybody has also had that point of being like I want to stay home forever, and no one else should chase their dream. Like I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was good. I, absolutely. Like wanting and and in friendships too. Like if you if if you think someone's being really clingy, and they have no idea, like that is extremely hard. Or if like you know you want someone so badly right sense that maybe they need i don't know some kind of distance like that's really is this thing still recording like can i ask like so if you say say your old west have a magical day thing once again i want a clean <clears throat> a clean take mm-hmm. y'all have a magical day now you hear okay awesome this is arthur morgan telling you to go play <laughs> okay i'm done oh uh... Good job, everybody. You guys do great at this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I did like s- way too many notes and stuff, and it's just all kind of jumbled. Where but, need to yeah. have the facts. people people don't want to just hear. A you forgot a fun fact, though, Phil. What what's that? I think the voice of Shank is done by the voice of Wonder Woman. Like that's Gal Gadot. Oh, oh God. Yeah, that's Gal-Gadol. a super yeah, fun fact. Yeah. I was okay. gonna throw it in there, but I was like, Here. I'm not the fact queen, I'm the laughing girl. I'll, all right, oh, I'll, oh. I'll put it in. Um, so Shank, of course, voiced by the incredible Gal Gadot, who plays uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> Is it Gadot? 
It's it's pronounced Gadot. Yeah, Gal Gadot. Dang Gadot? it. Mm-hmm. Why? What did I, you think it was? Godot, like the oh. Sam Beckett play. Waiting I I for Godot. Waiting yeah. for Gal Gadot. You could go into those little details forever, though, because they had lots of little, like, they had lots of voiceovers by famous people. But I knew, Shank was my favorite, uh, like, not lead character. So I looked that up. Mm -hmm. She was beautiful. Like, she's my number one Disney princess now, (laughs) based on hotness. She was a rock star. The other dude was cool, too. And the names of the the two players, and they had such funny, good player gamer tag names, but I can't remember what they were. One was like... Oh, yeah, Dirty Socks something and Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, that's what it was.